Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. We are here in the tiny room. As always, I am your co-host, Michael of Michael and Benjamin. And I am joined by uh, the Be- uh, Benjamin, but he... Hold on, I had a funny thing to say about how he was a racist like Roseanne Barr. Uh, not... Uh, ben! Say hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. I'm not a racist like Roseanne Barr, by the way. Yeah, I know, but it was just a like a humorous lead-in. Oh, you you well, you you nailed it. Yeah, you, you did know, very yeah. well. Look, new new media professionals. Ben, I didn't say, I didn't say. Well, you're not a racist like Roshin, Roseanne Barr. You're Roshin. <laughs> Roshin Barr. Ro- Roshin O'Barr, the Irish Colleen version of Roseanne Barr. You are racist, Ooh. unlike Roseanne Barr. You're a different type of racist. I'm 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 what's called an ignorant racist. There's no yeah. malice. I'm just pure thick. Um, yeah, just, sometimes you say a mistake. Say sometimes a mistake. I say a mistake. What do you do for a living, Michael? I don't know. I've <laughs> lost. I've lost track of speaking words and whatnot. Oh, the old speaker. You don't spreck in the English so good anymore, huh? No, I don't. Ben. Uh, Benjamin. Yes. Ben. Ben. Yes. Uh, you know, occasionally we have a tweet. Yes. Well, this week we had a tweet. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, from who? From uh, our good li- real life and internet friend. Uh, we won't say his real name, but his Twitter handle is Ben Glennett. Ben Glennett, eh? It's, it's Glenn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Ben, what 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 Glenn wants to know, and I, you see, I have an advantage, Ben, because I know the question because I've already read it, mm-hmm. but you don't. So this will be interesting to see what you oh, think. Okay. Oh, uh, exciting. He says, "At Mick and Ben, that's yes. our Twitter handle. That's uh, us. That's us. Yeah. At Mick and Ben, do you prefer Phoenix as uh, Jean Grey's hidden potential, or as a cosmic entity that possesses her?" Yeah. So the, this is this is a really interesting. Uh, oh, that's a great question, um, and I think generally speaking, it's been handled Glenn, very differently. Glenn has Glenn has all the best questions, doesn't he? Yeah, that's a pretty solid question. Um, yeah. Personally, I prefer her as potential, um, mm. as Omega mutant, Omega, 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 Omega. I don't know. I say Omega. Okay, I'm going to say Omega then. Uh, as Omega mutant, Jean Grey, simply because. It's it's a bit more manageable. I don't like cosmic entity Phoenix because it's too too bloody powerful to have running around, really, isn't it? Gotcha, gotcha. It, well, um, it depends. It depends what uh, context you're putting her in. If you're dealing with a cosmic entity type story where she's facing off against Thors and Galactuses, and then she needs and, to be a cosmic entity. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, I like with the the end song. The the one I remember reading where I got my first proper introduction to the Dark Phoenix version of. Jean Grey was Endsong. Mm-hmm. It was that very airbrushed kind of style comic where she was resurrected from the dead by the Phoenix Force. Again. Um, yeah. Again. Um, and she came back, but then she only lasted that small mini run issue and Wolverine had to bloody do his job again and, and wander on in and, and gut her like a fish. Mm-hmm. Um and the, then that's have a the, cry wank. Uh, he, he does that a lot. I'd say, do you know what? I'd say Wolverine cry wanks himself to sleep quite a bit. Yeah. I'd say Wolverine has an L, an L pity tug every All goddamn right. evening. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, she's a more interesting character when it's the untapped potential. And they kind of played with that in in the Ultimate Universe in 616. Is it 61? I can't remember. No, 616 is the normal universe. 616 is normal. It was like. 
19,999. Oh, no, that's the same. The, I don't know, Ben. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Ultimate Universe is what we're going to call it. Um, yeah. I think they played with that early on in the Ultimates run, and then obviously that lost the run of itself. Ba-dum-bums. Very good. Very um, good. As it went along, and Kirkman turned her into a cosmic entity again. Yeah, well, um, Kirkman. No, no good at handling other people's properties. Kirkman! Um, but yeah, um, that was very internet referential. Um, but yeah, uh, from a character point of view, she's way more interesting as untapped potential, Jean Grey. Um, Both movies have taken that tact. I think you kind of have to. Like, the the X-Men universe in the in the original the original X-Men version, that was... Was she a cosmic entity in Apocalypse? No. No, she wasn't. Untapped potential. Mm-hmm. She's just just untapped potential. It's just yeah. more interesting. It makes her more of a threat as well. Uh, also, it it kicks the crap out of all that crappy Phoenix Force crap that you have to deal with, where the Phoenix oh, yeah, chooses a, lot of a new host. Sentence. No, but Phoenix Force chooses a new host. It's an underlying threat. Sometimes it chooses Scott to be its host. Like, uh, uh. Get, what what you're saying is get out of here. Yeah. Oh no. I mean. It's interesting. The Cosmic Entity is interesting in some aspects. I remember the End Song saga again being a particularly interesting one where it suffers from like a really strange form of entropy where it's always seeking heat. Um, and that's why it loves uh, Scott so much. It has, a, it has a thing for Scott as well. Sexy once hot he, man. Yeah, once he op- yeah that's, that's not quite it. But when he opens his eyes and the L, the L eye beams come out, um, they're apparently very hot in that version oh, of the X-Men comics. I thought in, they were generally cold. That's what I mean. In the X-Men like, comics, it depends on... But you see, this is another interpretation thing. Sometimes his beams yeah. are super hot. Sometimes stupid. his beams are concussive. Like a, it's a, it's Stupid Kirkman. Stupid Kirkman. And then sometimes his, his eyes are actually portals to another dimension filled with that energy. And it's Yeah, that's where it comes from. That's where the energy comes from. That's bloody weird. But sometimes it's solar power. Ben, um, also, just from a, like a, a lady empowerment issue, it, it's kind of, isn't it more interesting for her to have her own hidden power than something else? If something comes along and possesses her, she's just a victim again. Well, she's white knighted. Yeah, she's just, just along for the ride. She's just classic old Jean Grey who can more or less move the black word with her mind, but then faints. Yeah, your, fuck that. Your classic Stan Lee female fainter. Uh, well, you have to have an L female faint to show that they've really, really tried this round. She's you know? like, she's in probably in the top five female fainters isn't she she's her oh she she did it quite a storm yeah oh sue storm was a classic fainter scarlet witch little known fact about sue storm ben Grimm used to have to follow her around with a pillow and he'd just prop it under in comics you can see it in the side panels every once in a while for when she fainted for when she fainted that was any other female fainters um i don't think wonder woman faints very often i think she's no she used to get tied up a lot anti-faint yeah she she was more of a bondage girl um a bit more anti-faint in her case um, mm. I don't know. Are there any other big fainters in comics? I can't think of any. Uh, probably any sort of female character who had some sort of vague non-physical power that Stan Lee invented was probably a fainter. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Speaking of uh, bloody Ultimates Universe, I went back and read the Cable run on the Ultimate X-Men Universe. I was in a bit of a Cable mood. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where they get all their inspiration for Josh Brolin Cable. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, because he is undefined as a mutant because... Okay, spoilers for a comic that came out eight years ago. More. Um, yeah, more maybe. Um, the cable in the Ultimate Universe is actually Wolverine. Um, Get Ben. Why didn't I know that? It's a depowered. What? what? Yeah, yeah. It's a depowered Wolverine. Um, 
that's what he is and he's mutant ability free but he uses technology to augment all the abilities that cable traditionally has interesting so i went back and read this and realized that's exactly the tack that they took with brolin cable Mm. brable um it's yeah he's he's very much technology based because he takes out all the x-men using technology in the ultimate run that's very interesting was Um, that a robert kirkman that was a kirkman Kirkman. of course it was yeah because he yeah he likes that. So yeah, Cable actually had his arm, or Wolverine had his healing factor taken away from him by Apocalypse and had his arm ripped off, which is why he has the new arm. Um, Very interesting. And he doesn't have any powers of the super variety. What a, fre- what a fresh take. I thought it was quite interesting. It's a nice reveal because he fights himself and then the only time he pops his claws, because he can still pop his claws because they're not right. a, a superpower, they're built into him. Um, okay. And he still pops his claws and the only time he pops his claws is when he's fighting Wolverine himself oh, um, interesting and they have a little scrappy dappy do um it's it's cool um, benjamin speaking of things that may or may not be a fresh take on things go on uh, uh did you did you squeeze in any chances to see solo the movie i i think we both know the answer to that one michael and that's no it's probably a no neither have i been interestingly and neither have the vast majority of my star wars liking friends I'd, is this is this the spin-off that broke the camel's back? I think it is, Ben. Mm. Do you want to talk box office, Ben? Go on. Let's. See. Michael, you know that I'm not all that interested in box office, but you're nearly leaping out of your chair with delight. So go on, hit me with some ben, stats. Well, well, how much would you say? How much would you say a solo cost to make? Let's say, Ben. Just pick a number. Oh, ben. I'd say it was hefty. It's got Disney money, it was, isn't it? It was bloody 250 million US dollars. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mostly because they had to make it twice, basically, because they didn't like the first directors. Um, <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. Um, so it's it, and it looks like it's only going to make about 450. Well, that's a poor return on investment. It's not a return on investment, Ben. It's a loss when you factor in marketing, all that uh, stuff, distribution. Mm. Mm, real bad. And the interesting thing is watching the internet explode over this because the... Unfortunately, Ben, we live in a world where where even comic book films have become politicized. But the 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 right, the alt right, oh, are blaming they are blaming the lack of success on feminism. Oh, for fuck! Whereas sake. the the social justice, the the alt left, they are saying that nobody wants to see movies about white men anymore, and what? this proves it. I know it's great, isn't it? But hang on, first of all very much vehemently anti-alt-right they can go fuck themselves mm. so before i oh, get aligned good. with that a little bit down the line nobody wants to see movies with white men in it. this is the thing i don't get about social justice at what point did we all become mini hitlers because i'm white like i don't i don't get that like I ben <laughs> you you i can see the swastika you've drawn on your forehead before the podcast okay so admittedly yeah. i am a nazi and probably not the yeah. best example i I'm, don't know what sort of weird nazi sex games were going on before you turned on your webcam but you don't have a leg to stand on <laughs> so when i'm not being a nazi um, i should probably stop calling you a racist on the podcast before it catches on so i'm gonna be sj dubbed eventually they're gonna get me eventually um no, but I, I, I find it interesting that they're so readily you know want to leap on the fact that nobody wants to see movies with white men in it anymore i think any mm. successful marvel movie outside of black panther would would vehemently disagree with that i would think that fucking deadpool which has done better 
than anyone expected yet again and broke a yeah, bunch of box office. probably be- be- better than Solo despite being R-rated. Yeah, uh, and I don't remember that starring a um, uh, female ethnically diverse lead. Do you? No, Ben, I don't. Let's not get too much into it, though, because we, we don't have infinite time. What I think is... Nobody just nobody wanted to see a Han Solo prequel. I don't think anybody gave a fuck about a Han Solo prequel. Yeah, who cares? it's also like we. It's exceptionally hard to be what? invested in a story where you know the ending. Well, people no. went and saw the prequels, the original three prequels, in droves. Yeah, because there were gap there were gaps in all the knowledge. But you've now seen Han Solo from when he was really fucking cool um, mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. To when he had his bloody shitty demise in yeah his doddery old racist demise yeah. uh yeah which was just boring it was a really crappy ah Ben bu- stop that looking now. solos and fridges eh solos and fridges um here's the thing though there's not a lot to fill in with Han Solo it's basically like here's the story of how he got his ship and here's the story about how he got his jacket and here's the story about how he got his haircut and here's the story like, uh, but does does anybody care like well apparently not. Excellent. I could have told you that before before you went and made a $250 million movie, Ben. Why didn't you, Michael? I think we did, Ben. I think think, think we said on this podcast, who cares about a solo prequel movie? I think think we did say that, to be fair. That was was one of our leading topics one of the weeks. Here's here's another interesting thing, Ben, which wasn't in our week's production notes, but I've just remembered it. The The Bumblebee movie is currently undergoing reshoots. Um based on based on audience test audience reactions so sorry bumblebee bumblebee transformers bumblebee okay he's getting his own movie he's getting his own movie it's out in I december didn't, i didn't know that undergoing. yeah it looks like it's going to be a fresh take on on transformers hopefully a lot of fresh takes going around yeah i know or just rehashes um, but it's 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 undergoing reshoots based on test audiences and i thought to myself why are people still doing that that always ends up worse because they get the weird kind of people who want to spend their time reviewing movies before they come out and giving their feedback. Right. The only time you should ever do a public screening and then rewrite the movie based on what those people think is if all of the audience is made up of Nando from Nando V Movies. Yeah, he'd be pretty handy to have in a bloody test audience. Wouldn't he? Just they like a hundred of them. They should really get that guy in as a consultant. Every time I watch one of his videos... And he talks about his little fixes. I'm just like, that's so clean. That's so... He, yeah, I know. He's, he like does what we do, but without the rambling and much more coherent. Oh, he's so succinct and intelligent. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I know. Nando, w- please, please, please throw us a bone and, and give us an L retweet there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't sound desperate, Ben. No, but, but he's very... I was very thirsty there. Sorry, Nando. Mm, um, very thirsty. But he's very succinct in how he wraps them up. Like, I would seriously have that guy on board. I would just let him... Go through your script and say, no, you need to do this with this. Yeah, but also, you know, he generally does it about two or three, let's say two months after he has seen the thing. Yeah. Which, no, that, well, I think that's great, but I don't think Hollywood works on that time scale. I think everyone's so cocaine-fueled, they just go, <laughs> okay, start filming it now. That, that, that does, that's, that's really weird. I didn't know that you spent time in Hollywood um, directly so, recording them. So that's, realistic. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, speaking of weird, actually, sorry, just because you've jogged my memory upon jogging oh, your good. own. Go on. Um, Go on. You, you recently pointed out to me, Michael, that there was going to be a Silver Sable movie um, yeah. as a spinoff of Sony. Do you know what I, I recently found out, Michael? Do you know what's coming out to, to add to our unwanted Spider-Man spinoffs? Go on. 
Morbius, the living vampire, oh, no. is getting his own movie. Well, is he? No, he is. For, it's... for one, well, Ben, for one thing, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Black and Silver, the Silver Sable and Black Cat spinoff, has been removed from Fox's slate. Oh, that's good. That's good. Which I think is a is a real relief. Wise and, decision. Yeah, they were still they're still working on a script. They're still working on a script. You know, script comes first. We we have to invent a story about these two unrelated characters, and I don't know. We just want to do a spinoff. Yeah. So because they still have the access to those rights. Um. Anyway, anyway, Michael. Uh, in other news, what have you got? Yes. What have oh, you got? Oh, you're not very good. That really sounded like you were going to say something. No, no. Cloak and Dagger is out next week, Ben. We're looking forward to that. Are we? No. No. <laughs> it's on a streaming service, Michael. I know. Could we so, care less, all, Michael? I don't, know if, I don't know if we're going to even be able to see it. Ben, I think we might bring back... Remember our most popular segment ever? Uh, Mick watches the Inhumans. Yes. I think we might bring back that bring that back for Cloak and Dagger. I think Cloak and Dagger Cloak is and going Dagger. to be... In that oh, level of quality, I think it's going to be oh. one of those things where you don't care, the audience don't care, and I got a kind of perverse enjoyment from making you listen anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird fetish that you developed. Um, but look, who's who am I to judge? Have your weird fetish, Michael. Um, I will. I don't think it's going to be very good, Michael. I don't think it's no. going to... I just, I just don't see it uh, floating my boat. Uh, speaking of streaming services, Michael, Netflix have officially announced their first comic book with Mark Millar. Stop the lights. Yep, it's been officially announced. It has its own little trailer online. Uh, you can take a look at it. It's a motion comic um, based oh, around it. And like it's, it's, the, it's, it's full it's, of emotions. Um, what, what would you say? Yes, it's full of, full of emotions. You're, you're a fan of the oh, uh, Stormwatch, of the, yeah, the Authority. Um, yes, I was. What, what would you say about the, the Shaman character? What's his role in all that, Michael? The Doctor. Yeah. He is... Uh, he is a magic man. He does magic. He's like, I'm a magic man. Yeah. What, what does he do, um, Michael? What, what's his, he's, what's his sometimes deal? He's a drug, he, sometimes he's a drugs man. He's a drugs taker man. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, man. what's his express purpose as the shaman? What does he do apart from magic? Oh, he, he, he protects the earth. He, there we go. He's like Doctor Strange, basically. Very nice. Good, good. Um, go what would yeah. you say the main plot of Wanted is? Oh, the Mark Millar Angelina Jolie. Not the movie, Michael. This hires com- the comic book. Oh, I can't remember. Supervillains team up and kill all the heroes. Nice one. What would you say the plot of? I feel I've been led down the Marvel's The Ultimates Volume Two is. Ultimates Volume Two. I can't remember. Maybe it's which Volume Three. Is that? Is that it, could volume, Loki? it could be Volume Three, where all the villains team up and beat the heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where all the yeah. villains team up and beat the heroes. Yeah, or That's perhaps Kick-Ass 2, where all the villains team up and beat the heroes. I mean, you can really take any Mark Miller story, is what I'm getting at here. Oh, and okay. say okay, I'm with you now. That everyone gets their ass kicked when all the villains team themselves up. And the reason I brought up mm-hmm. The Shaman at the start is Netflix's first comic collaboration with Mark Miller is called The Go Magic on. Order. And it's about the four prime magicians from magic families. Optimus uh, Prime. And how they defend the Earth. And then all of a sudden, there's a mysterious cabal that is joined together and is beating Earth's oldest, mightiest defense in terms oh, of magic. Um, so it was very reminiscent of a little bit of Warren Ellis, um, mm-hmm. a little bit of, of Mark Miller's favorite bloody trope, where, oh, look yeah. what happens when villains get together and kick ass. Villains do a team up. Yeah, he's been writing that story forever. Old Man Logan is the same. I recently reread Old Man Logan. Jesus Christ, it's bad. It's so bad. I don't like it, man. It's such a bad comic. Uh, the Jeff Lemire one is pretty good, but the bloody... 
the original that launched that whole spin-off. Christ, it's bad. Um, mm. But yeah, it was it was it was interesting to me. Uh, so he's just he's um, he's rehashing old uh, black top hats. Have, have you read it? Uh, no, it's not out yet. The trailer has been released. It will be released next week. No, next very good. Week. And I will oh, read please. it. What I have read is the new um, Stormwatch from Warren Ellis. Um, There's a new Stormwatch from Warren Ellis? Yeah, the Stormwatch is what it's called. Um, 14 issues in so far. 14 very good issues. Proper return to form for the Stormwatch. Yeah, you need to get on that, man. Um, I meant to say it to you. Um, I I read it this week. Very good. It's a reboot. Is there... Is there a collected edition I could read? Um, uh, yes, there are. There, there are trade paperbacks available of the first two volumes because um, it's only on issue 14. It will be 24 issues long. It has a set runtime because it's Warren Ellis. I like that, Ben. God bless him. Warren Ellis. So there's 24 issues. Um, it's currently on 14. So there's 10 left to go. Um, That's very exciting, Ben. I'll get that this week. It's very good. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we mentioned that Jenny Quantum was getting a reboot? No. Uh, well, we did. Um, and ben, that's, I don't listen to this podcast. I make the bloody thing. Fair enough. That's that's the reboot. Anyway, she's in it as Jenny. Uh, she's Jenny Sparks again. Jenny Sparks is back. Yeah, she's back, but she's a digital lady this time. She's so we, a digital we've, lady. Uh, we've done away with Jenny Quantum, but the art still is smoke fan- a cigarette. She still she still horses in the fags. Um, <laughs> uh, still horses in the fags. Um, very good. The shaman is a woman this time. A bit of a the doctor, is the, it not the doctor? I thought it was the shaman, sorry. Yeah, I, I thought it was the doctor. Oh, it could be the doctor. That sounds like Doctor Who. Yes, that's what I mean. Um, huh. Anyway, she's back. And we've done away with the bloody bird lady. She's not in it. Oh, no, Swift. Yeah, Swift is gone, which is good. It's very good, Michael. I'd, I'd give it a watch. Well, it, it's Stormwatch, though. It's the, not the authority. It's Stormwatch. No, it's, it's a mix of both, though, because Jenny oh. Sparks... The Apollo and the Midnighter haven't appeared yet. But he's introducing characters in his own so time. It's Stormwatch. So Stormwatch, and is it in the DC universe, Ben? No, it's not. It's in it's in the Stormwatch verse. Oh. Um, it's very interesting. All those different factions have are kind of fighting each other. The demons that Voodoo deals with, you know, that demon alien race thing. The Kremlin. I couldn't tell you. They're in it as well. Like it's it's all his old stuff that oh, he the did. Old stuff is back. The Wildstorm wow. imprint. Um, very exciting. And he's rebooted, and it's very clean, Michael. It's very good. Um, and the art is fantastic. I have I give give it an old read over, and we'll do it. We'll do a quick review of it next week because I'd be interested to hear okay, your okay. thoughts as a, an avid fan. Um, because it was very big in the nineties, Michael. Whoa, 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 Ben! Watch with the avid fan talk. Because if I was an avid fan, I would I, I would know this already. Okay, you're not that avid a fan. Fair enough. No, um, I, no, I used to be an avid fan. You've uh, you've inspired me with your little weekly comic roundup at the moment. I'm getting back oh, into my comics good. big time. Um, so yeah, yeah, well done. Well ben, done, Michael. Yes. Speaking of things which were popular in the nineties, boom, very good. Did you see uh, the the Jamie Fox news? Jamie Fox is going to be playing a, a knight of hell. Hmm. Michael, he's going to be playing a knight of hell. Um, he's going to be playing the bloody the bloody the bloody spawn. It's not the spawn. He's it's just spawn. But the hell spawn. The, the ben, hell spawn. Do you feel confident about that, or do you feel somewhat apprehensive, well, like you should? I'm I'm a tremendous Jamie Fox fan. Um, oh, I think I think Mr. Fox brings a lot of oomph to things that he's in. He's a very silly man, but I think mm. he does. He, I think he does a good job. I think he brings a nice energy to things. And if you're going to play a Knight of Hell, you may as well do it a bit silly. But unfortunately, unfortunately, um, 
Jamie Foxx's uh, spawn apparently we, Jamie Foxx will not be on screen that much um, I think that's always a good thing Ben do you remember The Amazing Spider-Man 2 yes with Electro yes with- Jamie Foxx appeared to be in the wrong film <laughs> I don't think he knew what. like I do not trust Jamie Foxx as an actor I think sometimes he gets it right yeah and then sometimes and when he, he gets it yeah. right he's amazing yeah. but he's often the worst thing in a movie he can be. I, I think that's very true, actually. Um, but yeah, uh, Todd McFarlane came out this week and said... Yeah, congratulations. It's about time that he faced up to the reality <laughs> and just admitted that he preferred men. Well, he's been drawing big, muscular men in chains for years. You think that's that true, would have been a bloody... You think that would have been a bloody red flag? Hint. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, McFarlane, who is set to write and direct the upcoming film, he's, he's not going, a good idea, Ben, is it? No, it's going to be awful. Um, ben, can I just can I just point out, Sin City Two is what happens when you let comic book writers direct movies. Oh, I can't even remember Sin City Two. I think I blocked it out. Eva um, Green was in it. Who was in it? Eva Green. Was she? She was the dame to kill for, dame oh. to die for. Oh. Yeah, it was no good. I, I remember it not being very I good. It. I remember Sin City One being quite an interesting experiment, but I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, number two made it out. But uh, yeah, so he's he's kind of said that he wants it out of superhero mode. He wants to jog audiences out of superhero mode, and he has described um, the movie as a creep movie. Um, yeah. Where ben, isn't it? Isn't it always worrying when someone starts describing their movie in terms of what it isn't? Yeah. Look, I'm. I'm not optimistic, Michael. Um, I'm not the hugest Spawn fan. Hold on, Ben. I've just come up with a joke. Go on. Go on. Don't don't worry, Ben. Everything will be fine. Oh. O- optimistic Prime. Oh. <laughs> just thought of that there. <laughs> I'm sure the movie will be perfectly serviceable. My like it would be funnier if my Optimus Prime impression was anything. Not unlike the Autobots. Exactly. Perfectly serviceable. What were um, you saying there before I interrupted you for a I, terrible joke? I'm I'm not the hugest fan of Spawn as a concept. Right. I'm not a huge fan of Todd McFarlane anyway. Um the world has moved firmly on from the nineties and he has not. Um That's your opinion, Ben. When are you from? That's my I'm from the nineties. Um, exactly. Michael, but I, I have to admit I, I don't really remember all that much of them. Seeing as I was mm. born in ninety one and, and came to fruition uh, throughout that time. Um, <laughs> fruition. <laughs> so. You just you just described yourself as having had come to fruition. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean that's for you and the listeners to find out, Michael. Um, oh no. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Spawn for me is a, an interesting character and kind of really the epitome of everything that I dislike about nineties comics. Um in that well uh, go on ask me the question there michael go on ben, in, in as neutral a way as possible to start for the first couple of minutes what even is spawn nice uh so spawn was created in 1992 um wow. he, he That's was before you uh, no it was after me after me i'm 91 oh, okay um and he was one of the main headliners in image comics when that off shot um, he came over to Image Comics and kind of headlined Spawn. a lot of their stuff. Spawn. Um, Savage Dragon. 
so it's a badge dragon yeah um so very 90s very muscular uh bit mm-hmm. monster men in muscular tank tops doing yeah monster muscular men things say so that's yeah, 17 times drunk um but uh yeah um and he's he's okay so this is the most 90s backstory ever Al Simmons was a mercenary who only did his job until one day he couldn't. I won't kill those kids. You have to, Al. I won't do it. You have to, Al. And then basically uh, the mercenary guy that hired him killed him. Um, oh, no good. Bloody, Is it bloody Jason Wynn? Jason Wynn. Very good, Michael. Very good, Michael. Mm. Uh, Jason Wynn, who was who was the, the mercenary money bank, basically, the, the bankroller for this mercenary mm-hmm. operation, uh, head of a mercenary organization himself, uh, has him done away with because he grows a conscience. Now, I should point out that despite being uh, an international mercenary, he has a family and a child yeah. in, yeah. in Dead America. Um, and he's trying to balance his life as a murdering mercenary with that of being a loving husband and father. Um, very good. So it's very, it's very odd. Um, mm-hmm. um, more interestingly, Spawn is actually black, um, which I know doesn't seem to bear that much interest. But in 1992, it's quite interesting to have such a, a strong leading black character uh, very in a comic book series. Um, but that doesn't really bear much. Anyway, after that... He's uh, resurrected by Mal. Now I'm going to get this wrong. Malvozio, Malboglia. Mal- I I don't know how to say his name. Anyway, Malbolia? he's he's yeah, pretty much. He's uh, Image's answer to uh, Mephisto from Marvel Comics. Yeah. Um, Some sort of Satan. It's not quite the Satan, um, mm. but it is a Satan. Um, and he's resurrected to be his knight on Earth, his emissary on Earth, and he has a handler. Um, called the Violator, who's a big do you have clown. A handler, ben? Um, I I do. Her name is Sarah. She's very nice. Um, <laughs> she's um, she's busy at the moment. She just had an operation, so we've sent her flowers, and hopefully she gets better, and she can send us back on missions to uh, bring hell to earth soon. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, he comes back up. He gets all the superpowers, goes on a little revenge spree, and then realizes that he's being used for nefarious purposes. And that mm-hmm. moral compass that he's grown um, yep. in the in the earth he comes back, and he, he becomes a, a hero, a, a hero character, I suppose. Uh, yeah, a classic nineties antihero. Yeah, massively. Like uh, Marvel, he's a, he's a sorry, not Marvel at all. Uh, he's a nineties antihero in the sense that he commits large amounts of violence. But yeah. he's he's a psychopath with a heart of gold. Um, yeah. I think is is how you'd look at it. Um, for me, he's ridiculous. He's a very ridiculous yes. big. He's got a big, uh, full body suit. You know, uh, when he's not wearing his demon powers, he's horribly disfigured. Very very yeah. very Deadpool. Um, when he's unsuited and booted. Um, yeah. Does he? Who who came first? Um. Oh, good question. I think Spawn came first. But yeah, to be he's fair, a selfish lover. No, no, actually, I think uh, you could be right, actually. Um, I think... It, <laughs> very good joke. There you I go. didn't catch up that there. That took a while. That took a while. Um, I actually think Deadpool might have come first um, because he's very much Lee Field inspired. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we, we can't really talk about this character without looking at the influence that Rob Lee Field had on 90s comics. He really shaped that whole thing. Um, even in terms of storytelling, when Lee Field came along, storytelling in comics took a new turn. Um, and what I mean by that is um, we started doing very much the, the in medias res um, kind of way of looking at um, 
way of looking at stories so we start in the middle and then you kind of get drip fed college boy uh yeah fair enough uh and then you get uh drip fed little facts so Mm -hmm. um his first deadpool came first his first appearance was in 1991 in new mutants 98 he faced off against cable and the gang but cable i suppose could be seen as the start of this really muscular super strong um Mm -hmm. male comic book character uh, who loves an l gun who loves an L pouch. Um, Does Spawn have a gun? And Spawn occasionally uses guns, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. uh, depends on what he feels like doing. He's a former mercenary, so guns, I suppose, are, are second nature to him. Um, and what happens is um, we start getting fed stories where a character just turns up. We don't actually give given that much information. And all of a sudden, we get like little tidbits. So a good example of that is the very first issue of Spawn, where we're introduced to Spawn taking out some, some real bad eggs. Um, yeah, probably, probably Asians. Uh, possibly an Asian, possibly Latino. Um, oh, very good. Two, okay. two classic '90s villain stereotypes there. Um, and he takes those out. Um, and mid, mid scrap, he has a, a flashback of his wife. Um, but he doesn't actually know who he is at the time. He's, he's not sure oh, is who he's, he is. Is he spawn already? He spawn already, so we start a oh, spawn. Very good. We start a spawn and work our way back. See, that's what in medias res means, Michael. I um, know, Ben. Yeah, I'm sure it's for the Shh. listeners. It's for the listeners, yeah, Michael. Well, tell the listeners then. Sorry, listeners. I was just trying to fill you in. Jeez, Michael's moody <laughs> today, listeners. Um, if you think Michael is moody today, give us now a comment down below. Tell him to cheer the oh, fuck no, up. No, don't. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> stop trying to internet bully me. If you think Ben's a racist, you should put a comment down below. Uh, put an L comment down below. So Ben's a racist and Michael's a moody git. Um, so that's that's what you can put down below. Um, both real bad eggs, let's face it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's, so that's kind of where it comes from. But uh, overall, characterized by massive amounts of violence, lots of uh, demonic... Hell, hellish imagery um, mm-hmm. big Satan thing but it's just so over the top and ridiculous he's a ridiculous character and you, pi- can, you can you can clearly see from the Spawn art that Spawn himself basically spawned from uh, from Todd McFarlane drawing uh, Spider-Man and Venom right? Oh yeah he looks almost exactly the same I mean down to the eyes the eyes are big and green in this case but they have the Venom eyes he has Venom eyes where mm. his little green eyes are inside the two big white spiral things and um, McFarlane was always kind of famous for both Spider-Man and Venom for intricate webbing yeah he's no, no I mean Todd, Todd McFarlane's is his art I think is probably the most 90s thing that I can think of um, more 90s than roller disco more 90s than, well actually yes possibly um, more 90s than the musical group 2 Unlimited oh I'm not sure about that that's that's heavy 90s um, mm. But I think what's more interesting for me is that it's it's more nineties ve- than the Gulf War. Um, no, probably not. Maybe maybe the Gulf War wins. Um, but have you ever heard of Haunt? No. Okay, so Haunt was another Todd McFarlane one that he did for Image, almost the exact same thing, but even more Spider-Man-y. So I'm going to mm. send you a picture of Haunt, um, right. and it's it's really ridiculous um, because. It's just kind of silly, really. Um, All right, where is it? Where's the picture? I'm sending it to you now, Michael. Settle down. Okay. 
Um, right. Great podcasting, as usual, top class. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Spider-Man has all his webbing and stuff like that. Um, and Haunt was a white-suited version who was a former mercenary working for a spy agency that died and got mysteriously resurrected with demonic powers. So oh, look, he, it's like Spider-Spawn. Yeah, it's very similar to... It's almost like an anti-venom costume. Um, yeah. But Haunt is ridiculous. And that isn't webbing that you can see. Those are just tendrils of ectoplasm that he can shape into different things. Mm. But looks very, very, very like webbing. But it's just interesting that you mentioned um, his famous uh, intricate webbing and how popular that yeah. was with viewers. Because if you want to take a look at what the intricate webbing looks like... Um, Here's another example for you, which is kind of silly. Are you, you sending um, this to me again? Okay, yeah, right. Well, these again. are going to have to go in the video now, aren't they? They are. But, I mean, take a look at that webbing around the, the help. Like, that's webbing by any it other looks name. Like, ben, it looks like jizz. <laughs> it does look a bit It like looks that. like he has wanked himself into oblivion, and he's left a message in jizz for someone to bring him a glass of water. <laughs> Can that please be the name of this episode? Wanked into uh-huh. oblivion. <laughs> That spawn, is ridiculous. The Spawn story. And this is Haunt. And is Haunt part of the Spawn comic yeah, book universe? part of the Spawn universe. Part of McFarlane's little universe. But, like, I mean, McFarlane clearly isn't a very original soul. Um, oh, hey. No, he's just hey. re- he's rebooting the same characters, Michael. I won't have it. Um, but, yeah, same thing. Uh, the only interesting thing here is that um, his the guy that dies basically um the soldier that dies becomes a ghost and his brother is a priest and his brother is an unhappy priest um because um 90s all the comics kids got away from him yeah well yeah all the kids got away basically but anyway what his brother does is he possesses him um and then right. they become haunt together so it's like a symbiote he thing genuinely shoots ectoplasm um, like webbing that's bizarre yeah it's bizarre and it's very lazy um, again some of the things that characterize Spawn I think and some of the things that make him super 90s are, mm-hmm. are is all that anti-religious imagery um, very good. go on that was that was so popular especially it was so edgy to take down the Catholic Church back in the day I, I always find it take really it, interesting lads. when you when you take a look at, at things like The Darkness um, with Jackie mm-hmm. Estacado or Witchblade or whatever they're all demonically powered heroes um, or anti Yeah, a lot of demons in the 90s. Yeah, they were big. And for some reason, the kind of forces of heaven are always the more um, the more evil by the end yeah, of the, the series. Yeah, they're very right-wing, basically. Exa- exactly. Um, I find that fascinating. That's such a trope in the, the 90s comic book scene where it's like you get a lot of religious zeal- zealots and zealots I was about to say zealots um, and things like that and again they're always shown to be the real but, but who's the real bad egg is it me for commanding it's a host no, of demonic uh, massacring imps or is it you for, for carrying out the lord's will and it's always the lord's will um, yeah that, that is interesting actually they really the image guys really didn't like heaven no they were really against it heaven is always kind of mm. shown as this kind of terminator style angel character exactly kind of authoritarian yeah that just takes There's no guff. one way for things to be right yeah exactly well, like, well well pointed out there ben um, you're a font of opinions yeah um anyway um for me obviously this is all um retrospective research because i wasn't very very um independent and capable of reading spawn comics when they came out you were what about, what about barely you? alive let's be honest let's be honest what about you michael you would have been a young lad of 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 15 
How old do you think I am? I, um, I'm not sure. I I was so 199. I was 10 then. In 1992, you, were you weren't 10. reading Spawn comics when they came out then. I was not reading Spawn no. comics. I was probably a little bit too young for it to be their target audience, Ben. But I was of the right age when the Spawn film came out. Excellent segue, Michael. Excellent segue. I know, wasn't that very good? This should just be um, called Exquisite Segways, the podcast. Um, that's very good. We should, we should definitely but just... Sometimes it's dreadful segues, though. Well, I mean, nobody expects us to get it right every time. Yeah, for example, you've ruined this segue. Sorry. I was by talking about segues. I ruined that segue by complimenting your segues. I'll just keep my mouth shut from now on, Michael. No, Ben, that no. would be a very boring podcast. <laughs> that would just be me asking you questions and you refusing to answer. Ben, <laughs> I saw the anyway. film. I know. We, uh, the film, there was a movie, Ben, a movie in 1997. A movie? Interestingly, remember a few weeks ago we were talking about how Black Panther was the first mainstream black superhero movie lead? Chiming in with the opinions then, of many other people who are not really then, as well informed. Well, we disagreed because we we kept going on about Blade, which was 2001 or 1999, and we forgot about Spawn, which was several years before that. We do, we did indeed. Spawn. Because Spawn. Go on. No, no. I'm just. I just said Spawn. Oh, you're just saying the word Spawn. Just okay. saying the word Spawn. Because uh, the Spawn movie came out in 1997, and Michael J. 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 He still works away. He's very busy. Yeah, he's he's a strong man. He he was very he was really popular contender to play Luke Cage. Oh, he would have been. He would have been interesting. He certainly had the look for a Luke Cage. I think he might be a bit too martial artsy because Luke Cage doesn't do them martial arts. No, he's not a martial arts man. That's an interesting thing, actually, in the movie, Ben. Um, Look, it's not it's not a great movie, Ben. And uh, for some reason, I had to watch it the other day, which is. Look, it wasn't very unpleasant. Uh, often when I'm watching movies for this podcast, I really don't want to, and I kind of just mumble about how much I hate you while I'm watching it. I'm fucking Ben, why wasn't he watching it? Why do I have to watch this stupid movie? Because this was your but, idea for a podcast, Michael. I know. The movie isn't, it's not unwatchable. It's 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 all right. Yeah. It's not, it's it's pretty far from good. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's pretty it's all right good it's the it's the same basic setup but this time we we first meet him as al simmons mercenary. Okay. and because it's michael j white you have to get some martial arts in so the, like he enters the screen his our introduction to him is him flying onto screen doing a flying kick onto an, an asian man because he's attacking north korea and then <laughs> sorry it's, what it's brilliant so he's attacking a north korean terrorist and he, he blows everybody up that's and very progressive you know, for follows, a 90s film North Korea, yeah. It used to be Russians. Oh, very interesting. It's usually a Russian. Yeah, no, North North Koreans. Although, as it turns out again, uh, what's his name? I said it when you were talking, but I've Jason Wynn. Um, Jason Wynn is the bad guy. Ah. Uh, he is played... He's played by Martin Sheen. Yeah, great casting. No, no you're yes, right. Yes, Martin you're right. Sheen. You're absolutely right. He's played by Martin Sheen, playing him as Charlie Sheen. He, he does channel his son, guy. doesn't he? He... Yeah, it's 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 dreadful. The dyed black beard and the dyed black hair. He's so villainous. The, he's such a villain. Did you ever? It's really like Michael. Can you do Charlie? And he's like, Yeah, of course I can. I'm the bad guy now. Yeah, it's bonkers. Did you ever see um, Community? Go on. Did you ever see Community? Of course, yeah. With Abed and his evil dimension thing, where he sticks on the little felt beard. Yes. To show that it's he's evil, like Abed. That. Yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's, oh, he's. He's so evil, and he has an evil... He has... Do you know Melinda Clark? No, I'll look her up now, though. Uh, yeah, you you know her from being an older, sexy lady. 
she if you if you're doing a TV show like let's say Castle or CSI or something. Oh yes, you Melinda Clark. Old, and you need an older, sexy lady love interest. Yes, yes, she's yes. She's the she's the go-to if you need someone who's close to fifty but sexy. She that's was that's who you get. Yes, she was the milf in the OC. For four years, I have never seen the OC, but yeah, and you never probably. should. You never should. It's terrible. Good. I'll try to avoid it. One of the biggest crimes this movie makes is they have her in sexy leathers and somehow she's not sexy, oh, even though she's only about 28. Oh, wow. That must be some really bad yeah, leather. It's, it's just some bad... Oh, the hair is the worst. But anyway, I think they gave her terrible hair to match the action figure. Oh, God. Look, one of the one of the big problems with the movie is... Well, there are two, there are two major problems. I'm not going to get into the plot. The plot's the same. He he has a crisis of conscience. Then they they kill him, and he comes back with a deal from Malboglia. Malboglia in the movie is voiced by Frank Welker. Oh, Megatron. Megatron. Ah, uh, look at him. So that's our second Transformers reference of the day. Okay. Now you can go back to Earth, Simmons, but you have to be my emissary. And he's like, okay, I'll do it if I can see my wife. And he goes back to Earth, and probably the. What I think is kind of disappointing about it is they so close to had the technology to make this movie work, but they didn't quite. The Spawn costume looks pretty good, Mm -hmm. but it's still a big, thick '90s foam rubber suit. Yeah, you can you can see the bulletproof (laughs) element of it. You can see, yeah, like it's it's very thick, it's very padded, and they have Michael Jai White, and he's an agile man, but he's not doing anything in that suit. How's his He's neck movement? He's clamping around awkwardly. How's his neck movement? Very limited neck movement. Yeah. He's not doing a high kick, Ben. That's for sure. Be, nobody be. gets fl- once he's in the once he's in the necroplasm. Nobody gets high kicked again. It's, it's very it's very uh, classic Power Rangers villain kind of styrofoam it, monstrosity it, thing. Yeah. Now it's not like it looks good. It, it looks okay. like Spawn. The head's too big and it's too thick. Mm. And they'll really be able to do it better in the modern world. It'll be unless they over CGI. Uh, possibly. Like I who's who's yeah. making the film? I don't even know who's making the new one. Bloomhouse, Ben. Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse. Oh, okay. Um, Bloomhouse. So I the, watched Insidious Chapter Four last night by Bloomhouse. Do you do you enjoy uh, an Insidious? I enjoy. Look, I enjoy one and one especially is a very good film. Mm. Uh, the others are your traditional horror. Is they're all right? Is Bloomhouse the one with all the spin-offs about the paranormal investigator? Yeah. Or sorry, is is yeah. Uh, Bloomhouse. Name a name a horror movie from the last ten years, and it's probably Bloomhouse. Okay, so um, they do the L Sinisters, they do the L Splits, they do yeah. they do a Purge. Yeah. Um, well, look at their look at Bloomhouse's lineup for 2017. I think it was Get Out. Yeah, I can see it here. Split actually. and Happy Death Day. Get Out and Split and Happy Death Day are three. Great, totally, completely different. Three great movies. In in that case, Michael, I, we could get a decent spawn out of this. Well, look, Bloomhouse, Ben, Bloomhouse has been nominated for best Oscar, best picture Oscar twice. Well, that's nothing to sniff uh, at from for, a horror. For I know from a and the other thing, Ben, is Bloomhouse are kind of famous. Their their methodology is low budget. That's their stated technique okay they, they want to make maximum profit on low budget movies and their movies are generally budgeted around three four five million nice nice and then make make 125 million wow so, okay I mean, that's no, that's house, a that's a return on investment michael 
Bloomhouse are serious players. I think Bloomhouse might be the saving grace of this. So do we thing. think that there's going to be a negotiation in the future where we kind of try and edge Todd into a backseat position where we get an actual director in? Do you yeah, think that's I'd happen? say they won't even do it. They'll just have an actual director directed and let Todd be credited because it'll be cheaper and everyone will be happy. And Todd's but ego will stay intact because he's an egomaniac. He, well, I don't know the man. I don't know if he is an egomaniac. He's a bit of an egomaniac, a bit of a dick. To be any sort of high-level high creative, you have to be a bit of an egomaniac. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that now. Um, I don't know whether I'd agree with you but on that look, one. Ben, the, other, the other big problem in the movie is the CG. Oh. Large sections of the movie are almost completely CG, and oh. it's very 90s. Is it rough? It, I, it looks like the CG of an alt-right YouTube video. Oh, Jesus. It's lots of flames, lots of demons. Je oh, Jesus. Cackling. It's, it's, it's weak. And if, it, if this Spawn movie is going to be a $10 million movie where Spawn is kind of a mysterious spooky side character... Yes, uh, I think then we'll be spared that sort of a, lur a lurker, a lurker. That'll be yeah. interesting. Um, no, Can I think you know. Have you go on? No, sorry, you had a point. No, you had on, a question. On, go, on, go, on, go on, ask me the question. Ben, do you, is there anything spawn related you do like? Um, well, I, I quite like. He's an interesting character. I think in terms of he broke a lot of molds when he was introduced because he has. Um, he has. It's very interesting. One of Spawn's powers is shape shifting. Um, yeah. And initially, when he gets his abilities, um, mm -hmm. he doesn't have any control of them. Classic kind of superhero move. Um, yeah. And his body subconsciously kind of shape shifts sometimes, especially when right. he's around normal people. It takes on a shape that's more appealing to normal people, and he has no control over it. But he becomes a white man um, for the first arc of his run. Um, what? And it causes massive identity issues in him as a black man. Um, he has a not know that, he has a moment of breakdown. He becomes a a white guy for the first six issues, um, and his inner dialogue is completely tormented by this. He keeps saying like I'm a, I'm a black man. You can't like, and he keeps trying to figure out his powers so he can at least go back to being black. But he's white for the first <laughs> six issues. Um, That's bonkers. Oh, it's bizarre. Then, uh, does he shapeshift into a white person, or is he, he even a white he, person? No, he body shapes. By he, his body subconsciously shapeshifts into a white person. This is the interesting oh, thing, and he doesn't want it at all. He keeps trying to go back. Um, but it's it's interesting from that point of view. You know, it, he has a lot of dignity as a character, which is an odd thing to say about any nineties character. Um, uh -huh. Take and, that the nineties. Um, but take that the music group two unlimited. <laughs> I think one of the more interesting things about Spawn is that he inspired kind of a an interesting wave of, like I said, demonically powered villains. Jackie Estacado, The Darkness, came mm -hmm. out a little bit after that. And he was a big yeah. hit for Image as well. Um, but I also was think... Was he Dark Horse? Um, no, no. He's, he was Image? he was Dark Horse. He was... No, he was Top Cow. Remember Top Cow? Top Cow, yes. And then that's who it was. Image bought them um, mm. and amalgamated them in. Um, oh, very good. Yeah, so he's a darkness character now. You see him pop up every once in a while in one of the big Invincible crossovers. Yes, him um, and Witchblade. Him and Witchblade, just, they do a little... Pit was another character that came out there. Pit was the, the young boy who could turn into kind of a giant demonic Hulk thing. Um, yeah, one of the best uh, action figure, build figures of all time. 
Yeah, I would say it was quite cool, all right. Um, yeah, it was very cool. But I think, you know, he inspired a whole wave of heroes. And more importantly, he showed us what not to do when you're creating a character a little bit down the line. Um, so the 90s was a different time. It was exceptionally violent. America was in a different political state. It was a bit messy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he reflects all that crap, as usual. Grim and gritty New mm-hmm. York, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. He's also a very poor. He's a very poor example of of what it is to be a hero, and and he, I think, um, it's just so over the top and kitsch, and you can kind of spot annoying people by how much they love Spawn. Um, oh Ben, um, you're probably going to post this onto the Spawn fans Reddit. I hope they eat you alive. They will eat me alive, and that's fine. But I think the other thing that that is kind of educational for me, at least, is that he's Go still on. very popular. Yeah. Um, so every time I think I have stuff like that figured out, there's still a huge demographic that really enjoys that type of comic book. Did um, you ever see the HBO animated series, Ben? No, I didn't. I didn't. I think you would like it, Ben. It's uh, it's artistically, stylistically very similar to the Batman animated series. It has Ooh. that look of be that it was animated on on black paper. Oh, okay, so it's super dark. It's very yeah. It's super dark. It's very noir. Oh, okay. Um, and it, although one of the worst things about it is that it, there's a live action intro from Todd McFarlane before the episodes, which oh, is absolutely oh, hilarious. Oh, Him walking around the creepy room, rearranging plastic snakes. But that, that doesn't classic, classic Todd. But uh, also, as it goes on, it starts to move into kind of what the direction that the movie might take into being Spawn is kind of sidelined a little bit. He's a secondary. And it becomes mm. a. Yeah, and it becomes a detective show about Sam and Twitch, two New York detectives. Okay, that's interesting. Who kind of end up dealing with the fallout of Spawn-related stuff. No, not entirely. That's sure. still Spawn's show, but these two supporting characters become much more important. Well, it's, it's easier to relate to them, I suppose, than a big demonic entity. Do you think it's going to be a Mad Max-style thing where Max isn't actually the most important character? The the movie, yeah. I think that's the best, absolutely the best way to handle it. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so we'll we'll look a lot not, like Ben. Not mega sorry optimistic. To interrupt. Go on. Look, I think it. I think it might a lot like what we were saying would be a good way to handle Moon Knight in a in a Moon Knight series that he yeah. kind of is because Moon Knight is too crazy to be a main character. So he would be good as a kind of floating around enemy, scary, spooky, scaring, scaring and spooking people sort of guy. Yeah. So, in, in conclusion, what we're really saying here is, Bloomhouse, just figure out a way to quietly nudge Todd off the director's seat and give it to Mick and Ben's podcast. Um, we'll take or care Nando of it for v you. Movies. Or Nando V Movies. Look, let's, let's get in touch with Nando. Let's, let's, get a, let's get a partnership going here. Let's, um, Not the chicken restaurant. No, no. Well, I mean, if Nando's wants they to sponsor the creative, yeah, like, that's fine. Um, Nando's Chicken Place, if you're listening, Nando from Nando V Movies. Look, we'll get this together. We'll work for Bloomhouse. We'll knock it out of the park. We'll, we'll make a great yeah. film. Um, and we'll let Todd McFarlane take all the credit. And we'll let Todd McFarlane take all the credit. We just want, we just want a little link to the podcast at the end credits. Um, that's all we want uh, anyway ladies and gentlemen what do you think of Spawn did you grow up with Spawn did you have any do you do you have a long lasting love affair with Spawn is is, is he your go to 90s guy 
Um, have you ever have you ever spelt the words help out in jizz? Um, yeah, if you have, please seek medical help. There will be a number at the end of the video uh, that you can call. Um, it's one eight hundred. Your mobile number one eight hundred. I'm sticky. Um, but uh, yeah, so deal with that. Um, what do you think of companies like Netflix starting their own comic book uh, companies? How do you think mm. that's going to go? Um, and more importantly, are you looking forward to Cloak and Dagger? We bet you're yeah, not. Yeah, tw- tweet us, tweet us at Mick and Ben your Cloak and Dagger reactions next Absolutely. week. Absolutely, um, and let us know if you ha- can think of any other ridiculous examples of '90s antiheroes. Let us know down below. Yeah, cable. Uh, Cable is a good example But he's done to death now At this point Anyway that's all from us For this week Oh Grifter's great He's back in the In the Reboot And he's he's, Oh he's a great character Michael Um, Anyway Bye Bye